Hi, I'm Hey, Kate. it's... <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing we didn't talk Nailed about beforehand. It. Yeah. <laughs> we should really just um, let it be the recording and just start talking. I feel like some podcasts do that where they let it just be their, their recording. I'm down intro to do that. Honestly, we just I don't need think to, we have to. We could skip our intro because it's introducing <laughs> us and we always introduce ourselves. So it's like, hey, again, <laughs> this is Kate from earlier from that uh, intro. <laughs> In case my voice is just sounding different today, so you know who it is. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Do you remember oh, me from thirty seconds ago? I know, right? Well, so today we're going to talk about client expectations. We've already covered this a little bit in episode five, but we decided since it seems to be a really hot topic and we've gotten some great feedback from you guys um, with all the questions that uh, Katie has been asking recently on our stories that it clearly needs to be dived, dove into, dived into, dove into. I don't know. We're going to dive <laughs> deeper. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do something. I'm just going to like step around the syntax on that because I'm not sure which one's right. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, we, we want to cover cover this because we know, like, hey, we love this format of podcasting in general just because we think it's such a great opportunity to share um, past experience that, like, this is something we got from working in an office and we know that, that um, those opportunities are kind of few and far between nowadays for our industry, like getting the yeah. chance to sit beside a mentor every day, which is where we got our start, just doesn't happen anymore, kind of sadly, to be honest. But um, we're hoping that we can kind of provide that scenario for you, that just hearing us talk out situations and problems is really yeah. beneficial for how you, you know, learn and grow and, and manage your day-to-day business and, you know, when you feel like you're missing that um, or you're not getting your point across in a Facebook group post, you know, hopefully something from here will be a good key takeaway. Yeah. And I think I actually do think the podcast is like perfect for this because this really does replicate sort of what our experience was in office. Because like, I mean, Heather, for you, I'm, I'm sure it was the same as it was for me. It's like you're not necessarily like sitting through a formal training. Like you're literally just kind of you get started and but all day long like you hear everyone's conversations around you all all day and then you learn along the way absolutely that was i think you know i was trying to think about this because um if some of you aren't familiar i just hired i'm calling it an apprenticeship i don't know that that's actually the best term but i just hired a girl to start working essentially under me to learn everything that I do. And we're doing that. She actually lives in California. We're doing that by um, Zoom call. We're going to co-work virtually. Um, I was introduced to that kind of concept via actually Katie from her business networking group Mm -hmm. or mastermind group. And um, yeah, and I because I truly believe that's the best way for her to learn just so we can sit there and she can ask 100,000 questions and just hear my brain essentially like hey here's the thought process of why i'm going to go work with this supplier or i'm going to go check out this or we're not going to say that or we're going to say this she's going to get a front row seat to everything so it's the best possible scenario without being you know getting to literally sit side by side me in an office since that's not physically possible right totally and i it's funny because that really is like i haven't i hadn't thought of it that way before but that's a key component of i think learning will really any any 
career, any profession, um, but especially travel, because as we've said before, it's like a, we're a solutions-based industry. So you got to hear someone like work out those problems, issues, anything, thought process in real time. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I couldn't have gotten I realized through. I just like abbreviated for no reason at all. <laughs> um, but like, you know, you hear someone like work it out and then you're like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. I got, I, I see how we got from A to B. Um, I, it, yeah. That's true. I mean, I can think of a, I can think of multiple times walking back to Debbie, my boss's office and being like, so this is what I did. Oh my God. That's <laughs> how, how, are we that's how every it? conversation started, right? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, and then you'd like got to get them right at the right moment where you're like, so I'm wearing yes. $700. Cool. Yep. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah. Right. Because I messed up and you know, X, Y, Z happened or whatever. I'll never, ever forget. I've probably talked about this. I can't remember, but I just, it's so seared into my brain as like one of the, <laughs> life-changing moments in my career is when there was a snowstorm out of DC. It was March, early March, and it was a Saturday, and we had these like abbreviated office hours on Saturdays. This was back before we were appointment only. And uh, we had deer, oh, I can picture them in my head, and I've actually I've actually seen them at Dulles Airport multiple times, because they travel a ton. <laughs> um, Mr. and Mrs. Earls, I was like, it's gonna come to me. And <laughs> I remember them walking in and their flight was canceled. The guys, this is like pre-Facebook being for everybody. Email was like not that big. So I know I'm quote unquote aging myself here. But we, me and Pam, my good coworker Pam, um, sat Pammy, Pam. on hold for no less than seven hours fixing oh, with us airways which is not a thing anymore yeah. um god i just made myself like just sound ancient <laughs> talking about all the things that don't exist anymore for anyone um, who doesn't know heather like from instagram or real life like she is not at all ancient she just started in the business young <laughs> i was a baby i was just a baby it's fine um but and I, I guess for like reference, I started in 2006. So like to put a timestamp on it um, yeah. in terms yep. of what existed back then. But yeah, I just I that seven, six plus hours taught me a lot. Yeah, Like clearly I still remember yep. having to sit on hold and deal with them and change the flight. Like it was just it was a real uh, testimony to what travel advisors can do and or will do for their clients. Um, yeah. But anyways, that's that was my big moment of like, man, this job sucks sometimes. Uh, uh, yeah, listen, it does. It does. I mean, you have I feel like you're you're one of your rite of passages into the travel world is like if you haven't spent a full work day like literally just sweating it out over something. <laughs> That's true. That is a rite of passage in our industry. You have not had to like put yeah. everything on hold for one thing. Yes. Um, you're yep. right. That is a good, that's how you know you're like, damn, we're, we're in the it's thick of it. It's happened to all of I'm, us. Like yeah. even the, the, the best travel person you know who has like a seamless business, they have definitely spent a full day just sweating through the shirt. I love, I actually love when I see you guys put stories up like that when you're like screenshotting your hold times or talking you out whatever airline issue you're having for the day i i always enjoy seeing that just because i can relate um yeah i do have to knock on wood i don't have that happen nearly as often anymore and i have wondered frequently like 
what I can pinpoint that to. I I think there are a few reasons I don't, but I don't necessarily want to go down that rabbit hole today because they're they're talking negatively about certain um, companies. <laughs> so we won't go down that rabbit hole right this second. But I do think it's right. because I've stopped working with some of the companies that I was kind of, I don't want to say forced to work with because that's not true, but it's actually going to go into our conversation a little bit later with client expectations and supplier relationships. Um, it's just that that, that whole you know, areas change. So I'm no longer working with companies that really weren't doing us any favors. And I don't have a, a lot of the problems I used to have. Weird, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, oh, I'm, I, I am excited to see how this travel season plays out for me because last year I had, took on I was still doing some trips that were more budget than what I would ever take on right now um you know for various reasons like most I was still mostly saying no to that last year but I would still say yes if it was from like certain advisors Mm -hmm. but it never paid it never paid off those were always the ones with the hiccups and so finally I have to you know that's why I have to be like no which we'll talk more about that too when when to say no how to say no um, no, it's right. going to be your best friend, guys. Like, it's not, you don't, you don't have to uh, be, be for afraid. every trip. Yeah, don't be afraid. I guess maybe, maybe don't we should have done, um, maybe in our template bundle, we should have done a no email. I think we, we did have, we have, we kind we of had a, a no. We had a, yeah, sort of a no email with a, but you're right. Maybe we'll. We should have done like how to fire, like a fire email. Oh, maybe that'll be the next template yeah. email, template bundle. Yeah. Um, although I read an article yesterday uh, from an advisor. It was I can't now I'm trying to remember what magazine it was in. I think it was in my least favorite one, so I won't say it again. I've already trashed it once. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> trashed it once. Um, I did I, come back on stories and say there was a few helpful things in there, but that's, they, uh, yeah, that's right. It was written and it was it was an interesting perspective from an advisor. I don't know this guy personally at all. So I, you know, I always take it like there's two sides to every story, right? But he was saying like, I never fire a client. I always look at it as an opportunity. I forget how he worded it. Like whether it was to educate them or I don't know. The way he's, it was written, now granted, it could have been misconstrued by the author. Um, but I was like, you never fire a client. Well, damn. You just yeah, go on I with mean, your bad self. Right. I mean, like, and also, also like fire a client makes it sound awful. Although I've definitely fired clients and I do view it as fired clients at times. But some, it's not always that. Like, I don't want you guys to think like, well, I don't want to fire them just because this isn't the right trip. Like, there's a difference between drawing a line and saying like, we will not be working together professionally going forward which I would consider firing a client and also being like, hey, I, I want to help you. I'm not the right fit for you for this. Yeah, I agree. That's It's two totally different conversations, to be honest. Um, okay, Can I so let's sidebar talk- like, oh, for sorry. a second? No, mm-hmm. total tangent. I just like can't contain myself. I just need to turn my phone off. It was next to me. I just got a text from my... Um, the people, like my house cleaning service that I was using last year and I had 
Remember I like stopped them and they literally oh, yeah. texted, they were like, do you need your service? And I'm like, oh my God, I do. I do. <laughs> They're hitting you at a I moment do. of weakness. Oh my God, a total moment of weakness. I need it so bad. So I'm like, you You're like, what, actually, guys? yes. Can you come today? Yeah. Or tomorrow? Marketing, when are you coming? Marketing works to you guys. Like willing audience, willing audience, ready to pay. She's hitting a pain point and I am going to pay this woman. <laughs> Oh. oh lord okay sorry oh, plain expectations okay. <laughs> but specifically because we like we said we've covered this in episode five if you want to go back and listen to that if you haven't already but it was clear based on you know what we had read that we really need to dive deeper into this and talk about what we specifically want to cover a little bit um is kind of over promising and mm-hmm. how to educate your clients. I think what we decided we were focusing on mostly is like, let's get past getting the client. We've gotten the client, right. we're in the thick of itinerary research planning. That's yeah. where we are. Um, yeah. I, I also wanna say that most of our conversation is probably geared more towards the FIT, custom, IT, personalized itinerary out versus your fun and sun, Caribbean all-inclusive. It, it's still, you know, there are definitely some still areas that they mix. But most of this conversation yeah. is geared towards or even when you're like, in like a real detailed itinerary process. Yeah, so not like big big box supplier um, type trips. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's not necessarily. We we'll try to cover cover a bit, and like I said, I think parts of this go together. But um, just so that we're clear, because if that's not necessarily what you focus on, some of this is going to be like what, what? Why right. would I do that? You know, it's yeah, just not going so to make sense may to not, the conversation. Yeah, it, it may not apply to to uh, what your work experience is. Um, but yeah, so how so how do we start setting expectations? So how- like once you've said yes, you're working with them, they've paid your fee if you have one, and you are in it. So for let's like walk through the process. So first thing is let's I'm I'm just gonna use like a real life example, and of course, let's use Ireland. <laughs> let's just walk through an Ireland example because that's easy. So I say to the client that. Yes, $6,000 will get you a castle stay, um, maybe one day of a driver, or actually, let's not do that. Let's do a castle stay, four-star hotels, self-drive for nine nights. I tell the client that, yeah, sure, that'll work, okay? Because in the consult call, I am excited and nervous, and I actually don't really know that much. I've only sold Ireland a few times. So then I go to you, Katie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're, you're like so quiet right now. I literally thought you were not there. I was like, baby. Uh, um, I can tell this that your brain is just brewing. Um, and I'm like, hey, Katie, uh, here's what the client needs. Uh, da, 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 you know, nine nights. They definitely want a castle stay. They want some cool whiskey experience. And uh, they definitely want four star hotels. Their budget is $6,000 for the land. Let's roll, girl. I need it tomorrow. <laughs> so this is when I would reply. I, my first, my first step is I'm not even uh, addressing the time thing first. It's we gotta talk budget first because I'm gonna come back and be like, hey, you know, I work off of a minimum budget of six k per week for Ireland. That is not based on my personal feelings of what people should spend. That's the bare cost of what I would Weird. put my name next to. You didn't pick um, that number? Wow. Right. Right. Did. Like that's 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 not based on me just wanting like higher. I mean, six k obviously isn't a high 
high-end trip but um no i would this is what where i would educate um heather and be like listen for 6k here's what we're looking at we could do about a week. You can definitely do some nice four stars of a self-drive. We're probably not going to get a castle stay in there. Um, but we could, you know, there is some opportunity for whiskey. They wouldn't be doing any exclusive experiences, but there's plenty of distilleries they could visit. Here's what I think you could do. And then I would kind of depend on the time of year. So like, let's say it's for June or is it for October? Well, if it's for October, I could be like, I could get close to the budget here's what I could do. And I would like advise there if it's for say June, where that's not going to happen, then I would say, here's what that would cost. Do you want to go back to your client and talk to them and then let me know? Okay, Katie. Well, I, oh God, what do I do now? I've already promised that I could have this to them tomorrow at that budget. Okay, shit. That's, that's really what we're thinking. Shit. Or maybe it's just a total fuck. Um, So at that point in time, what (laughs) you should be doing is going back to your client and saying, hey, Susie and and Joe, I, you know, I just spent some time um, or I started digging into the details of your itinerary. I'm so excited to see how this works out. I actually just uh, got off a call with my destination management I'll usually put like DMC and then destination management company, partner, supplier, partner, whatever you want to call it, in destination partner. Um, And, you know, she educated me or advised me that we're really going to struggle to fit nine nights at those type of hotels into that budget. So here's what I'm thinking. And then you could give them option A, option B. Like like in my head, I'm visualizing Mm -hmm. this as like a bullet point or you could write out option B, option B, do whatever kind of you feel fits the client and you and say, I think we could either, um, we're gonna have to cut back on the amount of time you spend in Ireland if we wanna keep it at $6,000 and stay in nicer places or we're gonna have to really increase the budget. Also, kind of side note here, just because I think this is a, a decent example of, so let's say you want to work with Katie and Katie comes back and says, this is my minimum budget. Here's what's going to happen. And you are and you know that the client is probably not going to budge. That is your point in time where you thank Katie for her help. Katie, I really appreciate you taking the time to educate me a bit on this. I didn't realize that. I hope we can work together on another trip. The client has decided they really want those nine nights. So I will go and work with CIE, Celtic, whomever, um, to do yeah. B&Bs because they can do it on probably do it on that budget if they're they agreeing to, to go down to a different type of hotel. Yeah. So, and I, I totally forgot. Like normally I will say that in the email too. like like it is possible to do this on a lower budget, but you're going to be looking at a different type of hotel. Um, if if that's what you need, I recommend going to a budget operator like and then I recommend a few. Right. And, and I will say. Um, I hope some of you would agree with me. Katie is one of the few people that would actually do that. Most other operators are not giving any other resource. They're, they just don't. Then nobody else is like helping us find somebody who might be able to do the job. And you know they know other people, but they never yeah. share um, who, you know, who might be a better fit for us. Uh, right. So I do think, though, what kind of gets lost for advisors now, at least I know that Katie and I see this, and especially over here at TPT, but I saw this before, and Katie did too, before we even had TPT, is that you forget that it's your job to advise and educate. You let the client be in charge. They're not in charge. It's their money, absolutely. That's not the point here. 
they're they're coming to you for your your resources essentially you are a resource you are a wonderful you know resource that whether or not you know the answer right in that moment you can get the right answer for them so you have to take that role and say okay i have to go back to them what you don't want to do is drag your supplier through the i call it through the mud essentially by being like just quickly writing katie back and being like well no that's not going to work or like being it's very clear when you write back 15 minutes later or 30 minutes later that you've not talked to the, the client right you know nobody yeah. wants to go back and get, deliver bad news to the client but let's not look at it as bad news let's look at it as an opportunity to educate the consumer on the world of travel they just don't know like that's you like none of us knew until we were in the thick of it they just don't know right and that's i mean at the end of the day that is really your job as an advisor and my job too as a supplier um to educate i mean the the clue is in the name advisor you're supposed to be giving some advice (laughs) and i think it's i know i think this is especially true i am going to say if you're charging a fee which you know i'm pro charging a fee for your time but if you are charging a fee um, I think that you, I, honestly, then you have more of a responsibility to dig a little deeper and do a little more research in order to properly educate them. Because at the end of the day, let's say, let's say for the same example, that they find some uh, option online or whatever, or they decide to go with uh, Airbnbs or what have you. I mean you get to choose what you feel comfortable booking, what you feel comfortable recommending. And Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say, because this is how I phrase it. I mean, for stuff that I won't book, I'll just say, listen, I don't feel comfortable booking it. Um, I don't don't think that it's gonna be the quality that you deserve. I I just, I do think we've we've kind of like gotten into a weird, not everyone, obviously, but I do think our industry is kind of like, yeah, we're teeter-tottering. Like, are we advisor or are we order takers? That's true. And we don't want to be order takers anymore, guys. Uh, the travel agents or advisors before, I'm calling them agents because that's really what they were back then, have worked really, really hard to ta- mm-hmm. to not to validate our industry. Um, and I, I, like, I know Katie and I harp in our time in the industry, but these are the people that came before us. Like yeah. the people of the nineties and the yeah. and the eighties that, that worked in the thick of it, worked through those commission cuts, they have worked very, very hard to become not order takers. So we them. don't want to go yeah. we I don't want to step back for be. our job. I have so much yeah. respect for, for advisors and travel pros that like that's that were they were in the thick of it back then and they're still here today going strong because you had to completely evolve your business. Oh my god, yeah. To stay relevant. Um yeah, the internet, the lack of commissions, like yeah, it's mm-hmm. they, they're really kind of like the pioneers of the new age, and um, we don't want to yeah. take a step back just because the opportunity to become an advisor has become much, much, much easier. There's mm-hmm. so it's so easy. I mean, Katie and I joke about this, but um, it's I mean, shoot, it's harder to become a Lularoe consultant. You know, right. or I don't even know if that's yeah. still a thing right now, but I mean, it would cost like I mean, five grand to become one of those. Sure yeah, doesn't cost five I mean, grand to become an advisor. Right, right. That's the crazy <laughs> thing. There's all these like, um, you know, MLMs. You're responsible for tens can... of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> and yet, well, and also, girl walking, like, you want to be one? Cool. 
this is a this is a high risk industry. I think it's crazy that, that people want to jump in with a no experience because you are at a risk of being sued. I mean, I don't think I think we don't need to downplay that. Um, but I, I do understand because like our industry shifted and like we said at the beginning of the call, like there's not that many um, there isn't as many like job opportunities to just start as an employee. And I, I do hope that changes. I hope we go back to that. I think it's better all the way mm-hmm. around. But I do, I do too. <laughs> I know. It's like we'll step off our, our soapbox on that for a second. Um, right. But so going back to this example of, you know, managing the client once you're in the thick of it, especially if you yeah. have essentially kind of like overpromised here in terms of timing and budget. So you go back to the client and you give them the options that we've, you know, that are appropriate to the situ- situation. This is also a great opportunity for you to work with the supplier and develop a deeper relationship. Hey, yes. I said this, could you help me? What options do you think we have? A supplier, and obviously I'm speaking generally here too, they really, just the fact that you'd go and ask them is probably huge in their world. That you pose the question yes. to say, could you help me work through this? Could you help me understand what they can afford so I'm better educated for not only them, but future Um, reference. I also want to take the time to say, because just in some of the answers we got in the polls in terms of, and I know Katie and I harp on um, this whole timing thing and how much time you should expect a personalized itinerary. But I I really dare you or challenge you to think about the fact, um, and I'm obviously, again, speaking generally, so this isn't for every single person that's listening, but you have to remember every time you go to the supplier and you ask for something really quickly and then let's say you don't close it and then you go back to them and you ask for something else and you don't close it. And let's say you're only closing 50% of the time with this particular supplier, like you're wearing your relationship down. There have, I have been challenged, actually last year in particular, I had an instance where I basically got ghosted on a very large final payment. And it put me in the most awkward, uncomfortable, horrible position with a supplier that I had a fairly new relationship with. And I had to spend the next nine months trying to salvage every inch of it. I had a responsibility to the client because they paid a fee and I had to be their advocate. But I also had a responsibility to my supplier who at the end of the day, I want a long-term relationship for it. That client could come and go. Yeah. But I will, but my, you know, we're always in a balance of managing and suppliers are in the same situation. They are managing multiple relationships. They're managing their contract relationships and they're managing the relationship with us as just as we are managing the relationship between supplier and the client. I have a responsibility to both parties. But if I think constantly that the supplier is only there to just help me and, and I don't fulfill on my end, that will literally lead to nothing but a destruction. That is not well, a positive relationship. It's not a positive relationship. It's not. And I think that I, I do want to point out kind of the differences here because I had there's tons of advisors that have reached out to me over the years and we still haven't closed a trip yet. You know what I mean? But we have a good relationship. If they come to me for advice, I'm going to give it and give it freely and fully. And there's other advisors who, yeah, let's, like they clearly don't, like Heather said, like if I send something out, if I send you a reply that took me 30 minutes to put together uh, to, to go back and have a discussion with your client and then you write me back, you know, on email 16 being like, you know, two seconds later and being like, uh, 
yeah, no, they don't want that. And I'm like, you didn't talk to them. Stop speaking on behalf of them when you didn't have a conversation with them. At the end of the day, it's it's a tough balance on the supplier side if you're working with a lot like a lot of advisor clients because you have to understand the predicament I'm in too because I don't say this lightly I don't say firing a client lightly I don't say um, you know me and an advisor are not a fit lightly you know why because if I don't get that relationship if we don't build that relationship the ones that work out I could get ten trips a year. It's not like one off. It's not like a direct consumer where if they don't use me for Ireland, fine. They're probably not going to Ireland 10 times a year. Um, right. Whereas an advisor, the stakes are high. And so if you like, I have to walk a fine line of what, how much I'm willing to accept from a advisor in terms of that. So yeah, when you are expecting, um, high quality work and 24 hours and if you don't get it within 24 hours and then you just shop someone else out i mean i think that most people don't think that we notice but like you notice if a client treats you that way so i don't Mm -hmm. know why you think a supplier doesn't notice and i understand that i have a very small supplier i the smallest supplier that i know of um (laughs) and so obviously i'm keeping tabs because my time is important to me um but i also am friends with a lot of other suppliers with much larger operations that you may think aren't noticing and they notice they notice of course, i think it's naive I mean, to think otherwise and well and i think you like i see people i can't even talk um well you know we want to tout this human element that's why our job is still around right like we've mm-hmm. been able to stick out or stick around even after the internet and everything because people still want that human elephant elephant element yeah um yeah (laughs) but what's interesting is it it just seems like a disconnect and I I promise I'm gonna like wrap this into something else but I feel like it's worth saying because I just want my colleagues to understand what it is I'm seeing and how I don't think it's beneficial for any of us but you know advisors I see you guys all say it um with like you need the human element, you need the human element, but, oh God, I cannot talk. But then it's like you forget (laughs) that a supplier is a human element too. Now granted, there are point and click suppliers. That's why we said this conversation is mostly towards your your FIT custom itinerary work, DMC work, um, versus your big box ones where you can go on to an online thing. Just think of it if, yeah, if, if your supplier is working and putting together itinerary the same way that you would, then yes, treat them the way you want to be treated. I mean, I think yeah, I keep saying. I feel like rule. I keep saying it, but I know here it's we just are. weird. I feel like we've forgotten the golden rule. Um, yeah, but it's just it's it's interesting too to see that you guys want instant gratification, but yet want validation for why you deserve a fee and why advisors are still around. Mm-hmm. And like that, A plus B does not equal C in that equation. Yeah, that's also why I harp a lot on, you know, making, you know, doing this whole thing where you don't turn things around in 48 hours and i i think it's worth saying once again you know maybe you're you're focusing on fun and sun all inclusives that you can go online and price pretty quickly fine so be it if that's what you want to do but actually katie you say it best you're like stop trying to compete with google in terms of instant gratification you don't want to be compared to the internet yeah then stop trying to compete with that 
Don't be faster. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't be. It's the same thing to me as competing on price. Competing on time, I mean, I'm not saying you should sit on something for two weeks. Of course not. (laughs) But, you know, at at the same time, um, yeah, you can't compete on time because, like, the internet exists. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're never going to be faster. I know. I want Google to spit it out fast. Yeah, but I don't need to spit it out fast, you know? Like, Um, we all want our stuff fast, but especially when... um, Now, I do think... Like, you kind of have to have a gauge. Now, if you are planning well ahead where availability isn't going to be so much of an issue, yes, it's probably going to come faster. If it's a pretty um, simple trip like, uh, you know, hotels and a rental car and a arrival transfer, that's probably going to come together faster. But when you're when you're asking for things like, hey, yes, they want a whiskey experience. Yes, they want this. Yes, they want this. Yes, they want this. You're adding in more components. That's more things to check availability on. And at the end of the day, I mean, think about a lot of, I mean, Heather knows this because we talk about it behind the scenes all the time, but a lot of my vendors are also super, super small one-man bands that aren't answering their email, uh, email all day and aren't answering their phone all day. Um, because they're already, you know, out taking someone around the farm, you know what I mean? (laughs) Or whatever it is. And so that's why it takes, um, you just need the extra time. If you wanna, now, if you wanna work with someone who, at a supplier, and I don't judge this either way. I think it's fine whichever way you want to work. Just just understand the difference. If you're working with a supplier that is not checking availability and they're just giving you a quick quote and that's all you need, then go to those, the, use those suppliers. Use those suppliers for that. Right. There's, but, I mean, and I think it's, and you know, we've, we talk about this a lot, but like the, the best thing, you just, we can't speed up your time and experience that's just the truth of the matter nobody can like suddenly be be like man let me press a button have five years under my belt so i feel like i'm more yeah. secure in some of this stuff it comes with time yeah. and it's a it's a lot of practice what we're just trying to help you understand who it is you right. might want to talk to i actually katie i was just talking about this yesterday i reached out um we talk about this a lot behind the scenes just the fact that in certain european countries it's really hard to find a mid-range dmc um, I think we can probably all relate to that if you're if you're selling any FI to Europe. It's so hard to find a good middle of the road in terms of like your mid-range budget client, but you also need detail because maybe you don't know the destination a lot. That for me is like France. Um, yeah. I don't know France well at all and I really struggle finding a good DMC to work with. So I'd reached out to one uh, that was recommended to me and I sent them my like big long spiel about the client and I here's here's something I also do I actually ask them if they want it I want them to be in control I don't want them to take it and hate me or the client yeah and not provide because I've been in that instance um especially in the last year and trying out some new French uh suppliers or DMCs that I'm like you should have never taken this and that's and but we're too far in and I'm kind of like, that's not my fault anymore. That's your fault. You have to own up and you got to stick with it because yeah. you didn't say no to me. So I, I've started to actually just say, are you interested in working on this with me? Because I think it, they don't have to. I And I yeah. will say, and I've told Katie this too, it's interesting to me, a lot of the European DMCs always seem to be so desperate for business. Like they don't, yes. they don't seem to say no unless they're super high end and you're coming to them with not a high end booking. Um, right. But the rest of them will not say no. And then you're stuck in it because you're like, shoot, I cannot get out of this. And 
this isn't working like how we needed it to, etc. But I said to them, do you want to explain the whole client situation, explain how I work? And they came back to me and I I really loved their response and I hemmed and hawed over it for a while because I just, I really wanted to try them and I really just respected how they responded to me. They said, thank you for reaching out. Here's how we work um, and kind of went into all their detail. And I just, for this particular client, I was like, this is not an ideal fit. So I wrote them back and said, I really appreciate you explaining to me, you know, how you were giving me some, an outline of an itinerary, what you think like they just did a real quick one um, that you think will work for this. I really appreciate it. I, I would love to work with you in the future, but this is just not going to be a good fit. She wrote me back. She was like, yeah. so thanks so much for letting us know. It was, you know, hopefully I closed it. I'm sure it wasn't ideal to them either, but hopefully I've kept the door no, open. I mean, I think that is ideal because at the end of the day, you don't know until you don't know. I think we get a ton of questions, especially over on TPT. Like, how do you how do you know uh, if how do you choose a supplier? How do you vet a supplier? How do you what do you do once you're in it and it's not going well? And I think part of how you prevent that is doing exactly what you did. Like, hey, this is what I'm working on. Is this something we can partner together on and checking it from there? Um, because I I love when people do that. I'm Nothing makes me happier. Because here's the thing, I, I'm not upset by if we aren't partnering together on this one trip. Like at the end of the day, you can come to me like, a couple times a year for years before we close one and checking with me because I have people that have done this and we have good working relationships now they're like okay the da, 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 could you do this and I'm like no this isn't what I'm a good fit for I would actually try these people for this and then we both walk away happy and I think that's sort of a key difference because you're just asking the questions so really just communication client expectations can be summed up in just like having better communication all the way around um because you're mm -hmm. not going to waste your time or the supplier's time you know getting a week or two into a trip only to then discover that they are not the right supplier for this client or you're you guys are not a fit to work together yeah that's and then fun. that's when you're scrambling so this i'm like, not just saying this shit. to make yeah i'm not just saying this to make my life easier as a supplier like i'm i genuinely like it's this mutually is mutually beneficial Yes, and it's ultimately at the end of the day, both of our like advisor and supplier, the the end goal is a happy traveler, and uh -huh. someone who trusts trust you, trust me, if that's what who you're you're partnering with. Um, so yeah, communication and expectations. I would, I I would really encourage advisors to. Um, Give yourself extra time. You know what I mean? Like if you don't know, if you don't already have a key relationship in place in that destination, tell your, first of all, I think you could, Heather, you do this really well. You tell people, like if it's like Asia or something that you don't normally book, you say like, this isn't my expertise. Um, but but I'm gonna we, rely we on my- about it. I was just telling yeah. Katie, I, I think, especially just seeing it on TPT and just knowing like what I've been asked in the years past, like I don't, I don't know why some of you seem to think that I like I promise I don't a I know that I don't know it all but also I'm still learning too like I don't yeah. have a perfect supplier I mean clearly I'm just telling you about my whole France debacle I don't have a perfect supplier this is a lifelong learning process in my opinion yeah and it will evolve yeah. like you know it, it there's just not a perfect yes. answer here so I think a lot of you are looking for that from us when we're talking about this and my perfect supplier is probably 
or could not be your perfect supplier and that is a-okay yes. i'm not yes. trying to argue that out like why one is better than the other um yeah it we all have personal experience we've either been burned and then that changes our mind on something and that's cool that's what the beauty of this industry is is that there's so many options but there's i was just so telling many. katie i also yesterday on a consult call i had to say true times that i was i said i'll have to do a lot of research and talk to my destination partners i don't know that area well enough to speak on it i don't know what's available there um yeah so i had to you know i admit that as freely as possible i will tell you that that like i'm assuming that's something that comes with time because i do remember um back in the good old days not really the good old <laughs> days i actually like these days a lot better um uh, because <laughs> i was not encouraged to talk about my supplier partners it was almost like it was a secret and I do not understand why, but I think it was just how we were taught. And I, I would love to talk to someone who also came in at that time frame if they were allowed to talk like about yeah. their supplier partners, if that was also hush hush. I can I mean, distinctly I think that remember. Is how it was. Like my old job, yeah, yeah. we, I mean, I used to describe to people because no one knew what an obvious people still don't know what a tour operator is. But right. I mean, that's how we would describe, we'd be like, we are in the background. We are totally in the background. That's, that's true. That's yeah, how that we say it. Was. Yeah, you're right. Well, I can remember one time I had travel impressions documents for somebody going somewhere in the Caribbean, and they came in because I worked at a storefront, and they're like, "Who's travel impressions?" And I like was so flustered. Uh, 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 and there are like I don't even know what I said, but I just I can remember the feeling of being flustered and looking up at like my coworkers being like, "What, what do I say?" right which it's it's not a secret like i i mean even in my terms and conditions now which is funny because we didn't have this back then but in my terms and conditions now it specifically says that like i am not the like heather christopher travel is not running the ground operation because i actually remember it i i hope i hope this advisor listens because she's been in it as long as i have um but i'll never forget there was a a client like a mystery shopper let's call it who wrote into the washington i think it was the washington post this was a couple years ago oh Lord. and it was it was not good um, i think i remember this yes i was like i think you know who i'm talking about um not that yeah. i i just don't want to say her name because i didn't get permission i'm sure she probably doesn't really care because of the audience but i want to be respectful since i didn't think of the story till just now um anyways and some this mystery shopper is what i'm going to call her took a trip with this agency and then wrote an article because she was a millennial. So this again was a couple years ago. And she was like, I use, I'm a millennial and I used a travel agent. I swear it was the title of the, the article. And yeah. she went on to say that basically she was like surprised and shocked that it wasn't the agency that met her on the ground. <laughs> it was the dumbest thing I've ever read. I was like, well, are you kidding? And I remember talking to the advisor afterwards being like, the part where she was like, we didn't know that so and so wouldn't that company wouldn't be on the ground. I'm like what? Yeah. Like, I, 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 I mean, I can think so of a hundred other real life examples where I'm like, are they the ones showing up for you? No. Like, come on. But that right. also was really telling in what the consumer just is. We have Doesn't here's understand. where the the people before us did us a disservice because and granted in their defense they didn't have to tell people because nobody had any other choice other than to come to a travel agent yeah but the consumer just does not understand our industry they don't even understand expedia okay they think they do but they have no clue about the background so it's our job to i think it does this all it's 
a favor, if, especially for the longevity of this this career and stuff like that. Educate your clients on how this is all working. Don't be shy about how you make money. Um, I was joking with Katie, but it used to be like a sin if you accidentally sent the agent copy. I can oh, think of it like Royal Caribbean. Yes. I'd like accidentally yeah. send the agent copy to the client. You're like, oh God. Well, and it's so funny. because it. They know I'm making money. I mean, huh. I know. Well, and I'm so cognizant of that. Even now, I mean, you know, because I never put commission on an invoice unless explicitly asked. I will never put it on there. And even when I put your commission like in an email when I'm sending you the proposal with the pricing, I always put it in italics in a single line so that you will clearly see it and not accidentally forward this to your client. Because yeah, I was totally trained that way. We were taught that you way. Know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Which and I not that we're saying you like, need to share yeah, that share number. No. But at the but be open that you're you're making money and you how make you're a making commission. money. And yeah. Yeah. That's and you know what? I also want to say, like, don't take responsibility of the fact that the consumer doesn't know that. It's like yeah. that really isn't anybody's fault. It's just kind of how it's always worked. But you don't yeah. need to like feel responsible or embarrassed or any of those feelings about that. Um because that, I mean, yeah. it's just some, I felt that way. I felt like it was always my fault that they didn't know and that they didn't weren't supposed to know. I don't know. There was just a lot of weird negative emotions surrounding that that I've completely let go when I when I, my uh, agency went like yeah. boutique style. I call it, but now I don't. I don't really care. I'm like, yeah, I'm making money. Well, you think I do this for free? Right. It's interesting to me that, um, and again, I don't think you need to share your commission or what you're making on any trip um, at all. I, but at the fact that if if a, if someone if a, a potential client doesn't understand what, that you're making money on a trip, like how are they supposed to value you? I I do actually think that's part of our problem, just in general as an industry. Is oh like, my god, yeah. That the the consumer so doesn't understand that, that. I yeah. Guess what? I am making a like. You know, I am making a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks on your trip. That's what it's worth. That's the time it takes, um, and they don't understand that. So they don't understand the difference of, you know, why you perhaps wouldn't want to put your name next to something super small, like a two grand budget FIT or something that really can't be done because. One, you don't want to do them a disservice. You don't want to get the complaints. But on top of that, like you can't make any money on it. So what are you going to do? Like make nothing and get yelled at because they have a terrible hotel? Um, yeah, I just I think that that's I think that's a big issue with our industry now is that mm -hmm. if we if they don't understand how we get paid, how do they value our service? The only thing that the cons general consumer knows is your fee if you charge that. But they it's not tangible still. Like it's that's an tangible. intangible item yeah. until they understand the value of of what it is you're providing, of what it is you've done. And I, I'm going to touch on this a bit because I know this can be like a pain point for some advisors. So let's say you don't have a ton of experience. You're brand, you're, you are brand new, which I know is like a, a bad word right now. Um, but talk about yeah, all the education you've be. done. No. Yeah. Like, Talk about thing, all the I, education you've done and yes, the amount I, of countries you've been to and the hours you've spent planning your own trips or your friends' trips. You can equate that into yes. marketing terms or valuable terms. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I I think that people are shying away from uh, being a quote unquote beginner right now or when it's like, I mean, listen, I'll just be flat out. I'll just be blunt. I think I was really fucking good at this in my first year. I'm better now. 
but right. it doesn't mean that you're does not come... great at your job. It, but you're, right. will you be better with time? Absolutely. And I think that that's not a deal breaker. I work with all types of people in all types of professions that look at like, hello, you hear us talk about Jenna in the details, darling, all the time. We were her first two clients. She had another job. Like, and then she's, she's built a whole business is super successful right now. It's okay to be new. It's not a bad thing to be new. I just no, but just I don't know why we guys own, shy away own from where it, it is. Yes. Yeah, well, and I think you are. And I know we we do harp on our experience a lot, but there's like it's because we've seen so much. You have to. I wish mm. I could. Katie and I actually we we talk about this a lot because we know it's. We kind of realize that you don't give a shit if you weren't there ten years ago. You're not going to give a shit what we yeah. say about what happened yeah, ten years ago. You? Yeah. But it really has shaped obviously our careers but also the perspective we have is very very different than the perspective of the current industry um yeah. or uh, i guess well meaning like if i came in now it looks so different yeah than what it did well, and we're trying to you know travel port theory has a has a bigger has has long-term goals here you have to understand that like yeah. we want to see the longevity of this career for all of us but we want to better all of us because we know that if we're if we can present a united front to the consumer and, and i don't mean it. like that's the that's the everything trick, has to be identical right? but we're trying yeah. to educate the consumer so we want them all to understand and if you if we see all these super new people come in and then leave in two years because they discover i mean one of my very yeah. good friends came in we met via this industry and oh, she yeah. didn't stick around very like she didn't even last a year because she discovered oh man it's not really that fun to plan other people's trips and or i'm not making money fast enough and well like if that keeps happening and let's say you have 10 clients in that year you've and now you're yeah. gone what does that say yeah. for the industry like yeah. You think about it when you when you um, go in, into a business and then you find out that somebody's left pretty quickly. What's the f- just tell me what your knee jerk reaction is? Oh damn, she didn't last. Yeah, like that's yeah. so. Keep that in mind of why we're trying to help and trying to create an atmosphere where you can learn, like we got to learn. Um, well, and and I think it's a like part of the reason we feel strongly about just sharing our experience and like the things that have changed over the past decade plus that we've been each been doing this um because it has changed so much like it's uh, my business if i tried to start this business 10 years ago it would look drastically different so i know that in five years it's going to look different than today and i know that in 10 years it will look very different than it does today and i'm confident that i can adapt to that but I want everyone who's joining, if you're here for the long haul, I want everyone to have that confidence. Like understand where it started and understand where it's going and understand like how to establish yourself in a way that you're gonna be here in 10 years and be profitable. Yeah, we want we want everybody to make some money. Make um, money, man. Make money. <laughs> man, sorry. That's That's been on our heart a lot lately, so I know that's not necessarily a client expectation, but... Um, I think it needs to be talked about more and well and it needs I, I, to just be that, an open conversation uh, totally and I, I think it ties right into client expectations though because i mean as we've talked about before on this podcast like client expectations have shifted a lot over That's the true. years um traveler expectations are totally different so we have to adapt with it and i think um i think there's a few things happening so we kind of touched on uh the time and instant gratification and that's a hard thing to battle against if you have a client that wants things right away um first of all 
I think you do have a responsibility to kind of educate them if they're running something more custom that that will take some more time and I think you could feel totally confident in saying that even if this is your first week in the industry I want you to feel totally confident in saying that because people who have been doing this for 30 years that's what they're saying <laughs> they're still yeah, trying to find the right supplier <laughs> and you just you say know? something like I would love I can't wait to work on this I expect the turn and channel your words I expect the turnaround yes. to be three to five business days if it's going to take longer I'll let you know if I need anything else from you I'll come back to you set yes. like end your consults or your emails with those lines so that way mm -hmm. you kept the door open and yes. the client won't be as shocked if you come back like that first example we gave of like maybe you just you over promised a bit because you're excited and guys I've been there I'm like, yes, yeah. yes, 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 Listen, oh shit. I've done it. I still I still have this problem. I mean, it, the, yeah, this is like an ongoing lesson. You're gonna learn this lesson over and over and over because we're still learning it over yeah. and over and over. Um, I Yeah, I think also the way to, here's what I would do. So let's say you've had the conversation, you've gotten the information you need to just get started. You've given them that general time frame, like, okay, let's like I, I anticipate this taking like three to five days. Let me talk to some people. I will get back to you. And then go ahead and reach out to the potential supplier. If it's someone you have not worked with before, do what Heather was saying earlier and go over it. Give them all the information. Tell them about yourself and how you work. And listen, I understand that this email takes a little longer than just saying like, hey, can you do this like real fast? But like, in, you know, you're worth 30 minutes. Your client is worth 30 minutes, 15 minutes. Like put the request down, ask if they want to like, see if you could build that relationship because that makes a great first impression. And that's going to be doing a lot for you in the long haul. Um, and it's also going to save you time. So if that supplier comes back and they either say, yes, oh my gosh, we can do yes. this, absolutely. And then you know you're on the right track, right? And then that's when you can say, okay, like I, I kind of told them that I could have something to it by this date. Is this possible? Or, or can you let me know? And that way, if they come back and say, hey, just so you know, it's like, it's probably going to be, you know, more like a week. Then you are armed with that information. You could go right back to your client and say, hey, good news, we're working on it. It looks like it's gonna take about a week. I can't wait to show this to you. Like, it's really as simple as stop. I think too, uh, just like a quick trick is when you're speaking about stuff to your client, frame it as something positive, something exciting, something that's good for them. Don't frame it as a problem. Just still be like, I'm so sorry, this is gonna take a little longer. No, leave that out the door. That's when you say, I'm so excited. We're working on something really good for you. Um, it's gonna take about a week, so look to hear from me on this date. I can't wait. I think that's, yeah, that's all. I think that's great. Um, it really it really does save time over the long, and then when it's like yeah, perfect and nailed it, everybody's happy like right that that's the happy yeah. when we're not making that's 100 edits and yeah like that's the that's the end goal here um you just made me think of i'm dealing with a damn damn french dmcs again um <laughs> uh, i'm dealing with a situation though that like i've been i've been constantly juggling with the client i thought that i'd have a full itinerary by now we're on week uh i'm looking at the email right now started this january 31st what is today good lord march march 14th yep it's way too much uh, later like 20 well long. only 22 <laughs> emails which isn't that bad oh. 22 emails is not terrible for a month and a half it's not um, terrible but i still don't have time. like still don't have a full itinerary and so i looked Ugh. back my old my last email was monday 
He's like, this is what we're working on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I've, right. I've approved it all. Cool. So, I, yeah, like, <laughs> so I, you know, we say all this fully knowing that it sometimes it doesn't effing matter but I so yes and in this case I've just told the client multiple times like okay this is what I'm working on and I because right. I honestly can't give them a date at this point because I yeah. don't know like it doesn't matter what know. I've said yeah. uh, clearly he, they don't care yeah uh, so you know right. this is a great example though where I'm like cool will I work with this DMC again never but I've right. learned I actually think it's going to be a great trip we're, we're just struggling a little to get there um yeah. But like, cool, well, lesson I, learned, check mark. Lesson learned. Done, I'm not lesson starting learned. over. And I do think it's, I we should point out and say like, this process is of course not perfect and Heather's told me this a million times. I only know my own experience and my previous job's experience and what I hear behind the scenes from other operators. I do know that like, there's a lot of shitty, terrible suppliers, I'll just say it. So it's not always right. gonna go well. They're not always gonna be honest with you about what they could do or not do well. They might not reply to you, they might not meet their deadline. So it's not a perfect system. It isn't, but no, we want you but that's to just be saying. like set up for success. Hopefully, like, success. Well, exactly, and it's it's a learning process, like. yeah. Like, it, it just, that's why I guess I meant earlier, too. Like, I've been doing this 12 years, and I still look yeah. at what I'm, like, still doing I it. can't fix this, but I can manage the client. And luckily, in particular, like, this client's not barking down my, you know, barking down my throat? No. What's the saying? Yeah. I think that's Whatever. That. Um, that's not my strength, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me for witty things. I'm going to mess it up. Um but you know, I I'm struggling on how to manage the client if they would come back to me because I a I don't yeah. want to piss the supplier off. Let's be real, I don't want to keep bugging them and just piss them off. That's not a good plan. I need this yeah. to work. So I'm right. trying to give them as much space. But now it's been four days since I last heard, and I'm like, all right, hey, I'm checking. Yeah, well, you know, the on. client's kind of waiting for it, but it's cool. It's cool. Um, well, I'll start getting nasty if I have say- to, but. <laughs> Right. I do think we should point out and say, like, when we talk about, like, not getting an FIT or something too fast, like, I, we we mean asking for it in, like, under 48 hours. I think, like, three to five yeah, days is true. a sweet spot. So you should not be, like, waiting weeks <laughs> for anything. <laughs> like, it really right. shouldn't take that long unless it's, like... You know, I mean, I've had ones that have gotten, you know, involved like weeks of planning, but we were touching base and going back and forth the whole time. Like not, you know what I mean? That was a very much a collab collaboration on high end trip type thing. Um, So, yeah, don't you'd be you'd be shocked with that extra day I'll buy you. You know, it's funny. I actually put this. I don't I do not know if other suppliers do this. So this might be like my own little quirk. But if you guys have read, I have my process on the TBT highlights where I talk about like exactly what I do on every trip and part of what I do and part of why I like having the really that day three or day four and why that's to your benefit is because if I have this trip finished I will sleep on it and walk away and sometimes I will 100% change it the next day because I think I because I've come up with something better so you have to think too like if you're looking for something more personalized um and that's like making a mistake about it. That is creative work and creative work works best when you have a little bit of white space. If you want someone to be thoughtful in what they give you, give them time to think about it. Absolutely. That's yeah. I, I mean, don't you want space? Don't. Yeah. No. 
you like a little yeah. space to think. I mean, that's Weird. that's when the good ideas happen, right? Because you be, I mean, think about anything that you guys have. Uh, I mean, I don't know if anyone else does that, but I do. I try and like, I treat it like any other piece of creative work. I put it down, I walk away, and then when I come back and look at it, sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, shit, there it is. I know what it is. I know what it is, <laughs> and then I change. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I sometimes you know the good idea is in there and then you just gotta wait you gotta give it a minute right I also I really <laughs> do hope we get some more suppliers around TPT that are that Me are too. like you um, that we can encourage them to get, come over and share their stories too because I think it's I think it's just really important to be able to share your side. I think it'll strengthen all of our relationships if we're just really respectful of each other. And that leads to great client expectation management because everybody's on the same page and we can all triumph forward um, and make more money and just be better respected and validated in the industry and charge higher fees if that's what we want to do. I just, I think it all kind of goes together. But you may think think of something I was going to say. Oh no! Shoot! I do want to give a disclaimer real quick. I said it on stories today. I and I am not the mouthpiece for all suppliers. I do not represent all suppliers. Um, So if you disagree with with how I do things, I get it. I am not for everyone. Everyone is not for me, and I am very comfortable in that position. However, I don't hear anyone else on the supplier side right now talking loud and proud and publicly and sharing what they're seeing on the back end. So um, until that starts happening, I feel like. That's what we're here for, right? That's what TBT is all about, to open up the discussions that should be happening. Um, yes. Let's let's add real quick before we like kind of wrap up, is just talk right. about personaliz- personalization a little bit. Because um, one thing I'm noticing a lot of, too, in my request is okay. people are, uh, advisors are coming to me, and it's like, don't get me wrong, I love seeing this, that people are, are thinking out of the box and like really digging deep on that um, client experience part of a trip. So I'm getting stuff where it's like, they really want this, they want private this, they want something exclusive, they want this. And then nine times out of 10, like their budget just does not match that request. Um, And I kind of think we're uh, getting like, not everyone, obviously, not a blanket statement, but like some patterns I'm seeing uh, on the requests that I'm getting is like, I feel like people are sort of like little cart before the horse situation where it's Mm -hmm. like, it's very, like I can always suggest personal custom experiences to you based on their interest, okay? I've always had some of those in my back pocket. That said, when we, if you're not like getting a solid budget first, um, I kind of feel like in the client expectation world, you're sort of, you might be setting them up for a little bit of a disappointment. This is in that, what we were talking about at the beginning of the call, the over-promising, when you're in mm-hmm. that consultation and you're like, yes, we can stay in a castle. Yes, we're gonna do private this. Yes, we're gonna do private this. And then it turns out like, well, your budget is gonna allow for like hotels and a rental car, you know? <laughs> and I and I think, I think then they feel disappointed. And I, the, honestly, you know what makes me so, so sad about this? is not that it's not going to work out for them or that they won't get to do everything. Uh, it's that they think they're going to get some type of inferior trip. And I I uh, challenge everyone yes. to disagree. I, I just wholeheartedly disagree with this. And I challenge you to look at personalization and customization differently. It doesn't always have to be the exclusive experience. It's very much in what you're recommending and tailoring that self-drive with just hotels 
to them like you know i mean a traveler will feel very cared for and very like can see that you thought of them and thoughtfully put something together when you're like in your example at the beginning of the call when you're like okay they want a whiskey experience it's like well we may not have the budget for a master class but you know what they can still have a whiskey no shortage of distilleries yeah we we could totally do this you know what i mean or like there's all sorts or even like okay they're super foodies yeah maybe they're not gonna have the budget for the michelin star restaurant but you know what there's still like lots of great food options and i can write some in for you so i i do want to challenge people to kind of get away i think everyone's like i think customer client experience is like a hot topic right now and we're all leaning into it which is great but like get we can it can be scaled down and be amazing it's be a really yeah, great experience still, it's still, yeah. yeah no i think that's it's setting the expectation and sometimes that's just when you don't know that's just in your wording to your client on the console call in your emails whatever just say something along the lines of like yes we'll see what we can fit in i'm sure we can fit in some type of experience like don't just don't promise it like get that yeah try to because let I, th- I know it's so exciting but like rein yeah. it in because you don't yeah. want to overpromise, underdeliver constantly. Well, and then you, you're kind of in a position where you have to go back and say that they can't have those things that they're very excited for. And yeah. that is a tough call to make. That's a very tough call to make. Or worse, like, I don't want you to end up losing the trip when it could have been a super great trip that we closed on and everyone was super happy about it. And the travelers felt really good about what they got. Exactly. Uh, well, and I think, too, at least in when clients are coming to me and um we're talking they're usually just so excited for my help and to see what i come up with that they're open to whatever it is it's rare nowadays that i get someone that is like trying to pin me into something it's more like Mm -hmm. they're just anxious for whatever i can offer they know i'm gonna put together a killer trip so that comes with time you guys but it's also talking about um that you know the like where you are in your experience, like talk about the education you've received so that you know you can put together really cool experiences. Um, but you don't have to talk about it in the sense of budget either. Like I think in terms yeah. of marketing that part of it, don't talk about it from yeah. a standpoint of budget, just that it exists. So that way, mm-hmm. A, you don't want to pin your, you don't want to use terms that also market you where you're like, I can do cool experiences for every budget. Because you don't necessarily want yeah. that $3,000 budget. You really, no. you might really not be able yeah. to do it. So you have to talk right. about generally and just talk about what you can offer generally so that way you're oh. not setting yourself up for failure. So I totally remembered one thing we were going to touch on. And this is actually something, guys, I'm totally guilty of this. This is a conversation Heather and I had, what, like two weeks ago when I started realizing. I was like, I had to change my language. I had to change my messaging. Oh, I know what you're going to talk um, about. Yes. Yeah, because I'm like, I feel like, because I don't think that it's coming from the advisor side that they're putting, asking for, you know, unreasonable requests on a budget. It's because they're, they're, they're wanting to do what tra- the travelers are asking for. I think the travelers are, generally aren't, aren't educated. And I think part of that is in our language when we talk about what is the perfect trip? What is the dream vacation? What is the most epic, amazing, can't live mm-hmm. up to it again thing. And I I think we're doing ourselves a disservice. And again, I've used this language. I'm sure it's still on my stuff somewhere. I'm gonna go through and actively change it and I'm stop using it when I'm speaking because I don't want 
a traveler that expects perfection. I want a traveler that expects me to put together a really great trip for them every single time. Because when you put, put it in terms of perfection, it's like, how is this supposed to, first of all, no one can live up to that. But two, like, what is this, the last trip they're ever gonna take? I mean, you're building a relationship that is supposed to like go over and over. And I think it's leading to, I mean, Heather, we were, I think that's why we were talking about it was, uh, cause you see it more, obviously like my, um, my destinations are so narrowed down that I don't see this side of it so much, but all of you advisors out there who are working with multiple destinations and sell everywhere or, or sell, you know, more than what I do, um, like when you get those clients who are like, oh, I don't know, I don't know how to pick, I don't know if I, they have like a list of 10 destinations mm -hmm. and are unable to narrow it down. And then they don't actually understand that like, they're doing themselves a disservice because those three months they're taking to decide, like availability at the one that they're actually gonna go to is gonna go it's down. Not, yeah. I actually just saw this yeah. somewhere else too, that it seems, I was telling Katie, like I have these clients right now that like have serious FOMO and cannot pick yes. things. And um, I saw it recently in a, on another travel agency like group forum where people were kind of like, hey, how do you help clients narrow it down when they're so open? Like, how do you force them to to do that? And I, I think that whole, I also think this is like the effect of social media. This mm -hmm. is what it's done to the general consumer. They think yes. everything we is attainable everything. and approachable. Yeah. And they want, yeah, and they want to do everything. Um, so how do we, as the advisor like help it i think getting rid of language like that this is the great yeah. trip right now in this moment you know not yeah. the well, it might not be the best trip of your life who knows because our lives change so what is currently yes. my, let's say my honeymoon was the best trip i've ever taken but in 25 years my partner and i have been through hell and back and we take a trip and it's just three days away to Ocean City, Maryland. And that becomes yeah, the best the trip best of my life trip. because it was whatever it was. So I, right. that's why I'm like, you know, be in the moment in that sense. And I think we, like Katie's saying, have a responsibility to try to encourage people to not like put all their eggs in one basket in that sense. It puts so much yes. pressure. I also, I think we all know this, when people put that much pressure, especially on honeymooners, when they put all that pressure on a trip, oh mm -hmm. shit, it yeah, never, li it out. just never lives up to it. So it's our job to yep. manage their expectations also of traveling. Yes. Like I just worked with a family that they've never really left the US. They have traveled, but just not outside. Mom and dad have not been to Europe or it had, but it's been like 20 plus years. I had to talk them through the fact that like, here's what you need to expect on the ground. Are you going to be comfortable? Because I was in the back of my head a little afraid of like, they're gonna get there. They don't speak yeah. French. They yeah. could have, this is France, of God bless France. Um, <laughs> but I was, I know how the French are, at least in my you know experience. I'm like, oh no, this might not live up. Mm -hmm. Will it ruin them forever to go to Europe? Will it discourage them? You know, we have to work through all of that. I feel like that's my job to help them understand what they're going to meet on the other end so that the yeah. expectations right and they come back they're like yeah it was great oh yeah we ran into this or that but it was cool because they, they were prepared yeah, yeah nothing is like sadder than like oh heaven forbid the bartender didn't get them their drink fast enough and like they are sending you bunches of messages and it ruined their night i'm like oh great like ugh. 
Ugh, let's like I, I think let's all let's take that pressure off of ourselves as travel oh, well, pros to true. expect perfection yeah. and let's yeah. take this pressure off of our travelers because at the end of the day I want them to travel and and, and fucking enjoy it. Um well, and it's travel you guys see everything. It. Yeah, I want It's going to go wrong. It. Something's yeah. going to go like it's just travel and I think saying that in your language is actually really a good part of it like setting them up for that stuff um uh in my uh documents Whoa, couldn't think of the word uh we have that what to do when that is in our mm-hmm. template bundle also but i actually well i don't want them to necessarily have to use it it helps get the mind frame or the, that of like hey this yeah. stuff does happen if and they're if they're better prepared emotionally yeah like we can we can overcome this um yeah and it was funny actually clients recently they texted me or they messaged me on travelify and they were like we're not sure what to do in this in this like situation and they were so sweet so like we read through the what to do when i'm like bless their little hearts like they tried Aww. so hard to solve their own <laughs> problem um yeah. it, it, like and of course i was like more than happy to help them because of the way they of course approached it they didn't um come to me freaking out like i think they were freaking out at the situation yeah. but they they handled <laughs> it really well and i told them i didn't listen i didn't have a perfect answer for them i i couldn't oh, necessarily God. fix the problem because it had to do with the airlines um so as we all know we can't fix i can't make a plane happen i can't bring a pilot yeah. i can't do any of those things so i had to offer them the best solution at the time and it all fortunately worked out but they were not being like i think of the calls i used to get oh where people are just purely panicking angry and you're just like oh my gosh it's always my goal to prevent that is to be like yeah we can work at a normal like let's just work together on this at a very normal place yeah i think it's interesting too like the idea of i think that as soon as us as travel pros as soon as you let go of the idea that they're gonna do everything on this trip and it's gonna be the best ever then you're gonna turn into a much better advisor because um when you know for example this happens to me all the time for ireland because people think it's so small um you know i get a laundry list of sites they're interested in seeing and most of them like it can't all be done in a short amount of time frame and then we spend a, you know some more time up front in the education process and i think if you already like have that mindset going into your console call or even afterwards and you have to go back to them that's when you say like hey listen like you don't want to spend all your time in a car. You don't want to come home exhausted. This is going to be a really good trip, but let's just talk about which things are most important to you now and we'll save the rest for later. And keep moving. Exactly. I mean, I think that's yeah. managing client expectations. I know. Did we, did we cover? Is there well, this is a long one, you guys. Sorry. I know. But I hope I'm trying to think helpful. if there was any other like key points anything big um yeah i guess my only other like side note comment which we kind of talked about earlier is like also it's okay to just say no and i also think that in your yeah well and in your language um all over your social media or your website and stuff like like i put my personality i actually like i don't tend to have travelers that need a lot of hand holding because i don't uh I don't know. I guess I like don't present my. I don't seem like the person who's gonna hold your hand. <laughs> I guess. Hey, but own at the where same you are, time, right? Like, right. And I mean, like, <laughs> I 
Uh, but I think that's the thing. I think like we were just talking about this right before the call. Like I am saying no now more than I ever have in my business. I say no just as many times as I say yes. And I'm making more money than I've ever made. I have more sales than I've ever had. It is showing a direct reflection. And I'm going to just like, I'm just going to up the ante. Like I already think my website very clearly shows who I am. But now I'm like, okay, you know what? No, I need to be... Because I, and I actually think, I wish more suppliers would do this actually, because back to our earlier Amen. conversation, I I wish that like, you know, everyone would be like, this is what I'll do and this is what I won't do. And this is, you'll like working with me if you're like this and you won't if you're like this. Because at the end yeah. of the day, there's a lot of people I'm sure listening and know there's a lot of people on, on our Instagram stories that are like, damn, I'm not trying to work with North at Leisure. What a bitch Katie is. That's and okay. I'm okay with that. I'm there's totally plenty cool of with it. Op- we are not meant to be of- together. Yeah, There's that's all plenty good. of options. That's the beauty of it. You don't, you can and do whatever better you want. to know now, right? Better to know now than like It'd be six weeks into deep a waiting trip. since yeah. January 31st. Uh, <laughs> 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 like what? You don't want to wait six weeks for oh, something, man. even though you've been trying to work with them. Like you're like, I don't understand anymore. Um, oh no, you dropped out. I mean, okay. oh, sorry. I was saying my internet went no, out. No, you're good. Um, I also on my website have a clear listing Big thanks to Emily Matras of Bomb Viviant Copy. Um, I always say that that way in my head. Like I have to say it fancy. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but she helped me put together on my work with me page. It lists out just like Katie says, like you're a good fit here or you're not a good fit because I don't want to waste people's time. I also, Katie, you and I talk about this a lot too. We're trying again, back to the whole, trying to set this industry up for longevity, blah, blah, blah. Um, it does a disservice to all of us if I bring in a bunch of clients and then I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Fit. Obviously saying no yeah. is 100% fine, but I would rather them stop themselves and go find somebody else than yep. me have to be like constantly, you know, I just, I don't want to set us all up for failure in that sense. So yeah, um, I think it's worth talking about. You can, and if, if it's not on your website, because you're like, man, I wouldn't know what to say. Start talking about social media. I'd be like, my best clients. Actually, my registered dietitian does this. And I will fully admit now that I've done the experience with her that I don't think I was her ideal client. And I've actually seen her use new language in the last couple of weeks that I'm like, yep, I think we both felt that uh, way. It wasn't that we adapted. didn't get along. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was just that like I wasn't at a place in life that her ideal client is. And, yeah. she, and vice versa. Like She doesn't really understand my lifestyle. So we just couldn't totally solve the problem there but i love i've actually i fully respect sorry um fully respect that she has changed her language and has figured out like i actually as a small business owner i'm like cheering for her because hey girl you're right we both figured this out and i think that is awesome and i'm not mad i'm not sad she taught me a lot and i just like literally i have like a burst of pride of like good for you for figuring it out and now speaking it on your social media. My ideal client, my clients with the most success are do, 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 do. People would rather know that. Right. Well, wouldn't you rather know that your hairstylist is terrible at your curly hair? You don't want to go to her. (laughs) Right. Or your accountant has never done a small business tax, has only done big corporate tax. Okay. Cool. Good to know. You want to know. Your lawyer is only good um, at family law well that's not applicable yeah okay yep 
Yep. I think it's totally, and I also think we should be encouraging travelers to ask more questions of their potential travel pro because, again, for longevity, like I want every time a client reaches out that they've found the right person and it's going to go so well that they never work without a travel pro again. Okay, I want to touch on this really quick because you and I have said this uh, before and then I I was like, we have to wrap up because I actually have to to leave to get a child. Um, But on that note... That di- right now, most consumers only know one travel advisor. They have no idea mm-hmm. that there's just millions of us. That day is coming, friends. Yeah. That day is coming where it becomes real realtor style, where everybody and your brother is selling travel. If you're not already sort of seeing that, it's a coming. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's going to be wave. more and more important for you yeah. to a like discern who is a good fit for your business because we do believe that there's enough business for everyone we're not that is not the fear here community over competition but just want you to be aware that right now they only know you it's your job if you're not a good fit to introduce them to somebody else or where else they can book it whether that's costco triple a whatever the case Mm -hmm. is or if they really are good better fit for expedia um so i just think that you need to have that in your head I think so too. And that's where saying no is just, is a is your best friend. Play to your strengths, guys. Like at the end of the day, do you like that's don't isn't that what we all really want? I want to work with people who work well with me that I know that I can deliver on exactly what they're asking for, and it's gonna feel really fucking good the whole way. So play to your strengths. Like it doesn't do me any good to be like, hey guys, all of a sudden I'm doing like some I don't know weird different kind of travel I've never done before. Um, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense to say yes to things that you don't want to do or like just really don't play to your strengths and in your wheelhouse. I agree. Well, we All hope right. this was a very uh, beneficial one hour and 21 minute discussion. Woo! <laughs> um, but uh, we will we'll see you guys over on, on the gram. And if yeah. you're not already aware we've been talking about on here but template bundle 2.0 is available for purchase on our website and let us know if you have any questions i guess all right bye guys bye